2: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there
3: you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: We're looking forward to meeting you guys. So come check us out and stay tuned for some events that we have coming up. We'll announce next week. Take Your Athletics. Jessica Edinger, CNBC. The sell-off for stocks continues this afternoon on Wall Street, but the Dow has reco- recovered quite a bit from earlier. It had been down 950 points. Right now, the Dow is down just 210 points. That's almost 1%. The Nasdaq down 1%, down 85 points. The S&P 500 index is down 3 quarters of a percent, down 23 points. Investors have been worried that the coronavirus will slow down all kinds of businesses as it already is in China. There are so many American businesses locked in over there. What happens in China will affect them. Word came this morning also that there's been possible community spread of the virus now in California. This is where someone tests positive for it with no obvious link to someone else who has it. It's just out in the community. For U.S. stocks, though, this is the worst week since the financial crisis. CNBC happening across the nation right now. ADP is helping party city stores streamline recruiting. Music houses like Squeaky Clean Studios are demoing tracks while ADP helps keep business on track and ADP helps a small Mexican restaurant keep up with compliance demands. When ADP helps businesses achieve what they're working for, that's newsworthy. HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com.
3: Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects Of the publishing process for you printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800 501 3689 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800 501 3689 for your free author submission kit. Again, 800 501 3689.
0: Special report Coronavirus Impact Grows. Frustration and concern over a coronavirus case in California. Correspondent Jim Roop reports a Northern California woman appears to be the first person in the United States to contract the virus from an unknown source. Frustration? Because it took days after the woman was hospitalized and placed on a respirator before the CDC would even test her for coronavirus because she didn't meet all the criteria for testing. Concern? Because if this person is infected, the person who infected her is still out there somewhere, and there are likely other people who've been infected. Health officials are currently tracing back all the people with whom this patient has been in contact. A cruise ship heading to the Dominican Republic to disembark hundreds of passengers after a 14-day tour was turned away today. Officials feared that eight of those aboard showed potential symptoms of the COVID-19 virus or coronavirus. I'm Barbara Cusack.
3: Here's the legend of Mountain Mike's Pizza. There's a tale the early settlers tell that while panning for gold just below San Francisco near the Redwoods, a unique discovery was made. Not just gold in the ground, but the golden smell of Mountain Mike's Pizza and their fresh homemade pepperonis. A taste the 49ers from all over California couldn't pass up. It was pizza from the mountaintop. Pizza the way it ought to be. Since 70-aught 8, Mountain Mike's has been dishing up pizza dough rolled fresh daily using real whole milk mozzarella with mouth Watering delicious fresh ingredients, including their legendary crisp curly pepperoni, that makes their pizza sought after like the gold of the 1800s. Now, Mountain Mike's has come to Redlands, located at the Redlands Packing House District near Sprouts. Feed your family for the holidays at MountainMike'sPizza.com or 909 335 1133. That's 909 335 1133. And discover this pizza gold for yourself. Google Mountain Mike's Redlands. Vote Chris Goodfellow for 23rd State Senate on or before March 3rd. Principal, resilient, truthful, better qualified. Chris runs a legitimate, respected, and successful small business, and she meets a payroll every week. Chris has more community endorsements, including the California Teachers Association, California Federation of Teachers, Congressman Pete Aguilar, Senator Connie Leva, Assemblyman James Ramos, State Treasurer Betty Yee, and SEIU. Democrats know Chris is the best choice with a record 89% endorsement by many Democratic delegates. Chris Goodfellow has a lifelong commitment to equality. That's why Chris is endorsed by the Inland County Stonewall Democratic Club, the Pass Democratic Club, the Akaipa-Calamasa Democratic Club, and the Redlands Democratic Club. Chris Goodfellow for 20 23rd State Senate, qualified, respected, truthful, reliable. Group funded and paid for by donations of independent voters and supporters of Chris Goodfellow for 23rd State Senate.
4: The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is home to some of the best bargain shopping in the region. Citywear, Style for Less, and Dollar Tree to name just a few. Friendly shop owners and staff are waiting for you to stop in for the many specials and bargains they're excited to share. The Tri-City Shopping Center is located just off I-10 between Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Make it your home for all your shopping needs and you'll know why the Tri-City Center is called The Mall with a Heart. If you're looking for a full or part-time sales position and you have radio, TV, or print media experience, KCAA has a great opportunity waiting for you that pays the highest commissions in the market. KCAA is the only station in the IE that broadcasts on three frequencies, so advertisers receive three ads for one low rate. This makes KCAA a must-buy for every local business. If you're interested in a sales position with us, email CEO at kcaaradio.com. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. The following program on KCAA is prerecorded.
3: And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the greatest real estate investment show ever. Here's the flip-flop investor himself, Todd Bayer. Well, hey everyone, how we doing out there today? This is the Flip-Flop Investor
5: Show, and I am your host, Todd Bayer, the Flip-Flop Investor himself. Every week, we like to get together, talk about real estate investing, and every every single week I like to bring on a local investor and talk to them about who they are and what they do. And this week, I have a very, very special guest. He's actually a return guest, but he's not here yet. So, uh, I'm just going to talk to you for a little bit uh, until he gets here, because... You know, what else am I going to do? Sit here and uh, we can listen to some music or something? Uh, But no. Instead, I'm going to talk to you a little bit because maybe some of you don't know your local flip-flop investor, Todd Bayer. So I might as well just throw some things out there just to talk a little bit about my background and what qualifies me to even have a radio show. I mean, it's not like they just give these out to anybody. So, uh, you know, you got to be a really, really well-versed investor, you know, to get the flip-flop investor show here on KCAA. So who am I? I am Todd Bayer. I actually got started in real estate in 2005. My mom was a real estate appraiser. Um, She was working out of Moreno Valley, and we were uh, basically came in one day, and I was talking to her on the phone, and she said she really needed a lot of help. Most of you might remember back in 2005, the real estate market was starting to get really hot out here in the Inland Empire, and uh, banks were giving out loans as long as you could fog up a mirror. So (laughs) she... uh, Had a lot of work as an appraiser because people were refinancing their homes. People were uh, buying homes, all kinds of stuff. There was a lot of excitement going on at that time in the real estate world. But, um, yeah, so I came in to help her out. And she said, you know, I could really use some help around here. And I thought, hey, I could, you know, I know how to put toner in printers. And I know how to operate a keyboard. So, hey, I think I'd be perfect for this job, you know. And uh, so started working for her and uh, helping her out with the appraisals. And uh, for those of you that know how appraisals work, if you want to become a real estate appraiser, you have to spend. You have to first get your license, then you get a trainee's license, then you have to spend two thousand hours working underneath a licensed appraiser. So if you do that, uh, you become a real full-fledged appraiser. After the two thousand hours, you can go off and do your own things, and then um, you know years later you can even go another level up where you become a certified. Appraiser, and that's where you can actually hire trainees to work underneath you to do certain things like research and measurements and all kinds of good stuff that an appraiser does. So um, we uh, we started. We hired some because my, my mom, she was a uh, certified residential appraiser, and I, you know, I don't I don't remember the exact designation they call it, but um, yeah, she was a senior, so she could hire on trainees and have them work their 2,000 hours underneath her, and uh, that's what we were doing. So we had these folks doing all the uh, laborious type stuff that comes along with being a real estate appraiser and uh, in the meantime I was learning real estate because at that when I first started working with her I didn't even know what a mortgage was <laughs> you know I just thought it was the money you pay for your house and I thought everybody had one I didn't know that it was a loan I didn't know how that how all that worked so you know there's some people out there that think that I came into the real estate world already knowing a ton about real estate and that the fact is I didn't know anything uh, I learned most of what I knew about real estate up until that point from the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is from uh, Robert Kiyosaki, so uh, and I, that's kind of the gateway drug I've I've learned for a lot of real estate investors that have become uh, investors. They read Rich Dad Poor Dad. So uh, if you know, with there's one piece of advice I can give you today, if you're looking to get into real estate investing, uh, get Rich Dad Poor Dad. Just get that book. You can listen to it literally for free on YouTube. There's people that read that book. You know, from 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 cover to cover on YouTube for free, uh, and you could, you know, basically listen to the whole thing. You don't need to have, you don't even need to buy the book, but uh, yeah, I recommend buying it obviously because it's a good book, and you'll re- and you can refer back to it, you know, years later, and uh, it's really interesting to see how your perspective changes on things. But, you know, I was I was a young guy when I read that book. I was like 18 years old. So, uh, when I was 18, I read this book, and you know, it kind of changed my whole mentality on on how I meant how, how I wanted to see my future go and uh, pretty much after that point I was you know committed I didn't wanna I, I dropped out of college I you know I started working for myself and uh, I already had a business at that time uh, before I read the book I was in I was into computers and I used to build computers from scratch and uh, you know go out and repair them and stuff like that and made pretty good money doing it for a you know 18 early uh, early 20 year old and uh, it was a lot of fun but um, yeah, so as time went on, I just you know got into real estate investing and uh, you know became a uh, you know a flip-flop investor. But uh, you know, hey, good news, our guest has arrived, and uh, you know so we could stop talking about me and we could talk about him now. So uh,
6: who'd believe it takes two and a half hours to go 51 miles?
0: <laughs> ah, how do
6: you people live in this stuff?
5: I know, man. What are we thinking? This is the price we pay for it being 70
6: degrees out right now, 70 degrees outside. (laughs) Much nicer that way where it's warmer, but that's okay. Yeah. They don't see where I'm gesticulating, do they? (laughs) radio, I got to remember. Yeah. East,
5: east. Anyway. East of here. Uh, for those of you who don't recognize this man by his by the sound of his voice, this is Andy Teasley. How you doing today, Andy? Richly blessed. How about yourself? Richly blessed as well. I you know I like that breast. I'm ri- richly <laughs> I'm richly blessed. You know, but that's that's for another show. <laughs> richly blessed. That's, there you that's go. a tough one to say. You say it all it the is. time. So I you're say good it at
6: regularly. It. yes. Right? <laughs> I try to. It's better than fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, all so right. So, what do we want to talk about today?
5: Well, okay. So, I was kind of going over my background, you know, a little bit for the folks that are new to the show, and which there shouldn't be many. I mean, we've had a huge following ever since this, the get-go of the show, and I, I'd be amazed if there was somebody who had never heard the show before. Okay. Um, you know, because I mean, we're just we have such huge distribution here. Um, so, I guess what we should talk about maybe first is for those of the for those of the people that maybe are just new to the show and haven't heard you before speak. Uh, who are you and what do you do?
6: Oh, my name's Andy Teasley. I'm the Wizard of Wobbly Boxes. I teach people how to do discounted note investing using uh, mobile homes as a, as a leverage tool. Discounted
5: note. Let's, let's stop there for just a sec because, okay. you know, I mean, I know what a discounted note is. But, you know, there's probably a few people out there that don't. And, you know, this shows for the guy that doesn't know that stuff. So,
6: okay. Um, so, so you buy a house and you borrow some money from somebody. Right, whether it's an institution, if you're you know foolish enough to believe in banks, <laughs> or whether it's a human being, if you have more wisdom, then uh, that creates a note, and it says that you promise to pay so much a month for so many months yep. until you've paid off your house. Right, there is a market. Well, you don't have to pay it off. That's Careful true. there. You could keep paying on it forever. You could if you really wanted to. Yeah.
5: That, Which yeah. you well, know, 100-year loan. I talked to a guy today. Uh, this is the house that uh, Stephen had bought from uh, from this gentleman. He he still owns the house next door, and he still lives next door. Okay, talking to this gentleman, his when he bought the home, his mortgage payment was 75 bucks a month because he'd owned it for such a long time. Right, you know, and you figure, had he had he bought the home and, and agreed to a 35 payment in perpetuity. These days 75 bucks doesn't mean much.
6: That would be I, that would be a very annoyed lender <laughs> probably, you know, but then again,
5: he bought it for $7500. So, yeah. you know, now the house is worth 380,000,
6: you know, fixed up. Probably made about 4% on that investment. <laughs> yeah, time value of money, right? That's it. So, so what I teach people how to do is how to buy things that they can sell On time, and the acquisition cost is less than what they sell it for. Obviously, business is that way. You buy Mm -hmm. low and sell high. And by doing that, you create a yield, a return on your investment, which is much higher than the number that's written on the piece of paper. Right.
5: Because that's the way compound interest works. Right, right. And so I think, you know, for me, it was kind of a a late tool for me to learn was the financial calculator. Oh. You know, like I had been in real estate for 10, 10, maybe 11 years before I even heard about it. I mean, you know.
6: (laughs) Well, yeah, 20 for me. 20. Um, I spent most of my investing career just sighting past my thumb and going, good enough. (laughs) Yeah, um, when I was able to actually run the math, it's amazing what you can learn with right. what we call the time machine.
5: Yeah. So, and you know, and you can do it with more than just, I mean, these days, I mean, you can go on Amazon to buy something off the internet and they'll offer you credit to buy those, you know, whatever sure. it is you're buying on Amazon because sure, loans but, are everywhere.
6: And, and do you, if you have the abilities and, and and know how to use the tool, you can see what that's really costing you.
5: Yeah. And yeah, it costs quite a bit more. I mean, the real simple way to do it, I guess, would be to take your monthly payment and multiply it times the number of months that your loan is for, and, and see can,
6: and see what it totals to. That's a good way to estimate.
5: Yeah, you say, wait a minute. I thought I only borrowed borrowed ten thousand dollars. How is it that I'm actually paying twenty five thousand dollars for this thing? Right. You know, over that period. I, I know a lot of people get into these like payday advance loans, and oh, they're insane. The interest rates
6: on those can sometimes be in the in the thousands of percent if you annualize. Absolutely. Them. You know, ten percent a week or something like that Ooh. with those and. And if you're desperate, then fine, do yeah. it. Borrow the money, pay it back, and don't ever borrow it again. <laughs> yeah. The problem is that, that people borrow the money and then borrow again to pay the, the debt, and right. they just keep rolling it and rolling it and rolling it until they have a situation. Yeah. And when they have that situation, then the, the lender doesn't get paid. Right. Well, quite frankly, the lender shouldn't be getting paid. Sure. If, if they allow that person to get into that situation... They're not entitled to get that money, and and they deserve to not get the money. Yeah. So that's that's the way the world works. It's an unpopular opinion around
5: lenders.
6: (laughs) Well, you know something? There are good lenders who make sure you... you, I mean, I have people who want to buy mobile homes that I sell. Yeah. And one of the most important things is I want to know that I'm not setting them up to fail. Yeah. Because I finance. I want them to have a home. I want them to be happy in it and Mm -hmm. and enjoy it and utilize it, but I don't want to have to take it back. No, I'm not going to be disappointed. If I do, that doesn't bother me a bit, but it's not what I want to do. And I'd rather set them up to be successful, have a nice home and enjoy the use and security of home ownership instead of just being a tenant. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And there's sort of a strategy out there, the uh, lend to own strategy, you know, where hard money lenders will lend money, with the anticipation of basically getting the asset back within, in better condition than what they lent that out on.
6: Certainly. And, and a lot of hard money lenders have that as the goal rather than as the default. I yeah. mean, most hard money lenders are going to want to, they're going to want an asset that they'd rather own than their money. Yeah. And in this market, there's a lot of money and, and assets are worth more than money. Yeah. Um, but it has to be something they'd like. And, and, a good hard money lender and you know i mean there's some really good ones out there uh, when we're talking to new investors young investors we encourage them to use hard money lenders because a good hard money lender will stop them from doing a deal that's not that doesn't work right and they bring a lot of knowledge to the table that you know young investors need
5: yeah oh i still love it cuz they'd get they'd get mad at me yeah, you know they work so hard to get this deal, and they've gotten married to it. Or in some cases, they're just ring shopping. But you know they, uh, <laughs> but they're they're very devoted to this deal because it's the only thing they've had where the person actually answers their phone call. Yeah, you know
6: they've got that that fever, that that in fever, right? And and they they have the world's rosiest projections, <laughs> and and HGTV says that you can do all the rehab on a total pig pit house and be done in three three weeks, and two weeks later you close escrow. Yeah. Um, and, of course, there's no closing cost involved. But Right. Uh, you and I both know that reality and television are, are far, far apart from Absolutely. each
5: other. At least the math is. You know, there are some elements of those shows with with elements of truth to them. I'll give them that, but...
6: Not the know, timeline.
5: No, timeline's way off. Yeah. You know, they don't show all the backs. You know, like... like I've seen these shows where' you know they're calling the realtor on the way to this property and they're negotiating it, you know like, I'm like, "No, come on, they, this yeah. is not how it works, you know? no. like, yeah, sure, would you take you know 180 thousand you know
6: <laughs> and, and And why would you I mean the stuff that they destroy, yeah, just just unbelievable that, that they they will take sledgehammers to kitchens that are perfectly serviceable and be, because they're not whatever it is that the sponsor wants them to put in. Right,
5: yeah, they want quartz.
6: Yeah, and, and Shaker cabinets. you know, here around here, Southern California, we've got a whole flock of Habitat for Humanities. Mm-hmm. And they love coming in, and they'll do free demo on your kitchen, and, and they'll take those cabinets away and sell them to somebody. And that thing that you, you have that you have no use for can turn into a place for some deserving family to live.
5: Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, so... In the in the case of some of these homes that you're doing, because you're you're trying to sell more to the like the highly affordable market, right? That's where you're trying to
6: operate. Oh, that's in. that's it. I like the, I'm I'm always the one providing affordable housing. Yeah. My, my buyer base, my my potential client, is almost always someone who looks at my product and and compares it to an apartment and realizes that they can own their own home, and the financing we build for them allows them to buy their home for less money than they would pay if they were to renting. rent an apartment. Somewhere. Yeah.
5: So. And then, you know, in, in their case, they probably care more about functionality over the form and the and the style, you know. They, they couldn't care less if it had, you know, a certain bevel on the countertop edge, you oh, know.
6: yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was <laughs> the last time ask. one of your
5: sellers asked for a specific bevel on uh, their countertop? Or, yeah.
6: Or how am I supposed to know what's in, stu- in style this year? I mean, is it... Uh, is it granite, or is it marble, or is it quartz? Or, yeah, or is it
5: Corian, you
1: know, for yeah, a little bit corian. there? that uh, was Everything the
6: had to be Corian for, what, about four years <laughs> about there? About a minute and
5: a half or two. It didn't well, last it long. seemed like a while, but yeah.
6: But, but yeah. Well, yeah, because
5: they had the sink that was
6: the same, you know, as the, as the counter. Everything the same color, and when you put the hot pan on it, it melted. Right, yeah, oops. A <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, minor, <laughs> I to mention minor problem, and, and now we've ruined the, the entire kitchen counter. <laughs> yeah,
5: and it was expensive, too. I, it was. I couldn't believe how expensive that stuff yeah. was. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, and that's exactly right. I mean, we've been to HUD many times, or Habitat for Humanity, uh, to buy paint. We bought, you know, vanities. They, you can get all kinds of
6: stuff there. Oh, it's a great, it's a great place, and it's a good service, and and yeah.
5: And a lot of times we get, uh, like, if we're if we're doing an older home, we can get the windows there. Yeah, you know, because they'll have the the old wooden, you know, windows that if, we can't get anywhere else.
6: Right. If you really, if you want that look, it's it's a good place to get it if you're an artist you know that then you want to have a, a something funky to paint on <laughs> yeah they're great for that and the other thing i mean there's the the stores a number of the habitats for humanities that do a lot of kitchen demo uh, when i was doing rentals and rental houses um i picked up a great kitchen it was it was from the guy that owned the mall in orange county and it was Probably a seven, eight thousand square foot house, and wow. this kitchen was huge, and it had every upgrade you could ever have. But it was maple, and maple wasn't in anymore. Right. So, so the wife remodeled the kitchen, and they donated it. But I was able to to do two two bedroom houses and three studios from the kitchen from that one <laughs> big big uh, estate. I yeah. guess is probably the right word. And we used to joke because I had this little studio apartment and one of the upper cabinets had a 27 plate uh, plate rack with a little dowel so you Jeez. could stack your plates in there and it was just huge uh, and i for never all those st-
5: times you have 27 people over to your studio apartment. right i never
6: saw more than two plates up in there the entire time i owned that house so yeah but it looked great it's yeah it's funny i mean, but so i've never i didn't actually know they
5: did that i didn't know they they would come out and demo the kitchen for you sure. i know you could drop stuff off well, so come take it out. What's the timeline look like on something like that? If I was to call, well, I've
6: them, never, I've never called them to have it done because I'm no. usually on the other <laughs> end of the <laughs> yeah, equation. You're the
5: receiver on that one. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to, you know, just for
6: you know, purely information, for myself. Well, you know, they're just around a corner here. Right. You, you could Hear probably have they come and talk to you yet. Not yet. Well, why haven't you invited them over?
5: You yet? know, they must not listen to the radio because I mean, we're on what four different stations now, and we got the podcast. I, you know, I don't know. Should
6: they go, just, they're just right around the corner here. Just
5: go around the corner and stop in and yeah, say hey, you guys are missing out on a golden opportunity. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah, well, it's you know it's cool, and then you also you tend to like to go to the um, uh, I can't I can
6: never remember the name of the paint place that does the uh, oh Amazon Paint yeah Amazon Paint I haven't been there in a while no no they raise their rates um, it's still really good and if you're concerned about the environment and you want to help get paint out of the system, it's a great place to go buy paint.
5: It's tough we were just talking about paint last night. I mean, you know I mean you know us real estate investors, that's all we talk about is, you know, materials all the time and yes. I was talking to a contractor, he was telling us how he could get in more trouble smuggling paint over the border from Arizona than he would smuggling a bunch of drugs over here. Oh yeah. He yeah. said it's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine per and fra- per like if he was to smuggle some leaded paint over here. Right. You know, from from Arizona or something, he would get some, some, some really good kills, you know, so
6: you can get the good stuff. The good
5: stuff that actually takes the, uh, yeah. the mold out or kills the mold.
6: Yeah, it, it stinks to high heaven, but it's <laughs> never going to, the stain's never coming through again.
5: Yeah. We were talking about Disneyland. He was saying, you know, he was talking, it's funny because I know exactly what he's talking about because I've talked about this. There's, you know, there's fencing and stuff like that all throughout Disneyland. And he was mm-hmm. saying, I know for a fact, he's like, I've painted a lot of stuff. You know, with California paint, and he's yep. like, "There's no way they're using legal California paint in Disneyland." <laughs> you know, he's like, "I want
6: to know who their supplier is." <laughs> <laughs> the, mis- the Mr. Really Shiny Paint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, of all the places where you really couldn't get away with lead paint, it'd be handrails in Disneyland.
5: Yeah, exactly. So,
6: but uh, maybe they are. Well, so what I heard,
5: and I don't know if this is true or not, I heard that the reason Disneyland can get this paint is because it's
6: artists' paint, because Disneyland is a piece of art. Well, it may be a piece of art, but I bet you those there's little stupid kids chewing on the fence. <laughs> yeah,
5: the uh, paint, those uh, leaded paint chips, you know.
6: Yeah, unlike in a rental house where it's behind sixteen layers of, of, of yeah. latex paint, they're right. going to chew through and get to the lead. I, I don't know.
5: Yeah, I didn't chew any paint chips as a kid, so apparently not. I don't know the I don't know the attraction there, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, when you when you go into a place, you're really looking to just get it back to functionality, right? Get it back to fully functional.
6: Well, when I go to a place, I'm looking for someone who has a situation that I can help with. Yeah. Um, my company is called Problems into Profits, and what's important to us is finding someone with a situation that we can make life better for. Mm-hmm. We're, in, we're in escrow right now, for example, to buy a house from a lady who's 96 years old. She's lived in that house for 35 years, mm-hmm. and she and her grandson, who's her caretaker, and I'm not sure how many dogs, because I've never been in that bedroom, Okay. Uh, live in this house. And it is just unsanitary, unsafe, and falling down around them. Yeah. So I'm very proud of the fact that I'm able to come in there and take that house off of her hands. Yeah. And get her into, she's going into assisted living, nice brand new apartment in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. And she'll be in a much healthier situation. Right. And we'll end up taking that house and making it very nice it's going to get you know everything right yeah it's probably going to there's nothing it'll be a shell that's pretty much all we'll keep i've seen it <laughs> <laughs> see one of those? Yes.
1: yeah
5: yeah we had one not that long ago where you know the uh, back of the house had settled in the, the dirt about 2 feet oh. <laughs> just recently
6: oh. so you just know just a little water leak under that just, slab
5: you know something, a little water leak over the last 75 years you mm-hmm. know it'll do that to a house to it's a funny foundation. how that works yes yeah but uh the uh, yeah so this lady that's you know it's great i mean because people don't realize that the like they the real estate investors get a bad rap you know they they think we were just these crooks out there trying to steal property from people and huh. you know taking advantage of people in a desperate situation but the reality is what would happen to that place you know
6: at some point it'll fall down around her but here's the fact of the matter okay we're capitalists yeah if we do a transaction we know that we gave more than we got yeah and the person that we did our our transaction with gave more than they got Mm -hmm. because in the way we know that is the deal closed. If if it wasn't, if we weren't giving more than what they had to them in their perception, we would not have closed because there was no coercion. We don't force anybody to do anything. We just offer them an opportunity and give them a a way to go. And quite frankly, I don't know about you, but I'm a buy and hold investor for the most part. And I don't mind overpaying. Yeah. I will pay any price that my tenants can afford. Mm -hmm. And just understand, I, I don't mind signing a fifty-year note to buy a house if that's what it takes. Yeah, hey,
5: and you know, the financial
6: calculator,
5: uh, financial calculator <laughs> helps you figure out how to make that work. Where, you know, absolutely, like you know what your payment's going to be, and you know what you can uh, reasonably run it out for, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, but I mean, I, I know, I know this has happened to you guys. We've we've walked away from deal. Well, we haven't walked away, but a seller will tell us, you know, even days before we're going to close escrow, and they'll tell us, I don't want to do this anymore, and we just. Say no problem. Yeah, fine. They're yeah, to see not gonna, me in front of the man in a black dress. Nope, I don't want to do that. I mean, because nope. hey, look, if if they found a better deal somewhere else, I'm not going to tell them to close with us. You know, there's people out there like I want to enforce this contract. You know, and I'm like, okay, great. You know, I mean, if you want to get sued later on for
6: you know something, they'll find a reason. You I know, don't, I don't get it. I mean, if if why do we need to have an enforceable contract? I've had people say, oh, you're, if you don't give them a deposit, you don't have an enforceable contract. Yeah, and I've always said. Why in the hell would I want to enforce a contract? Why do I want to make somebody do something they changed their mind about doing? Yeah. I just just to me that makes no sense.
2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: What about if you're writing like a 20-year lease for somebody, you know?
2: Well, that's <laughs>
6: different. I'm, if I write a lease, you mean for a tenant? Yeah. Well, I write 50-year leases all day long. Yeah. My I, On my single-space mobile home parks, yeah. my tenants have a 50-year fixed lease. It's going to go up 2% a year for the next 50 years. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's not like I can 3% jack. 3% is more the standard, I would say. Well, you know, they say average inflation is 2.5. Yeah. But I'm not greedy. Right. You know, it's enough, and, and I'll take what I get. And and I'd just as rather have my buyers confident that their rent's not going to shoot up. You know, right now with this crazy rent control, every, t- every landlord I know that's got stick-built houses is raising their rates 8% because that's what the state says they have to do, 5% <laughs> plus the CPU. Yeah, well, so where most of us that have tenants have been saying, "Well, you know it's a good tenant. he's taking good care of the house. He doesn't call. I don't have to hear him. um I'll let him stay, and we'll just move it up two percent or 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 you know a percent every six months or something and And now everybody's got to raise the rent eight percent, and it's because the government's interfered,
5: yeah. Well, they're so good at what they do. You know, they figured this would be another place where they can show us, you know, how how smart they are. Yeah, how to do it the right way. I didn't. I don't know what we would do without them. You know, (laughs) we we wouldn't have six hundred (laughs) thousand dollars units for homeless people. Jeez, oh man, tell me about that. You know, that's 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 a hot button for us. You know, doing with what we're doing. (laughs) Uh,
6: You know, if they would take that six hundred thousand dollars, just hand six hundred thousand dollars to any decent small model real estate investor and say go make some some affordable housing for these people yeah here's 600 grand how many units can you build for six grand or six hundred thousand dollars
5: i could build 20 doors at least you know i i, I could build 20 houses 20 obviously
6: would be like a studio kind of thing well, but what do you need it's it's a hell of a lot better than the, than your tent on the sidewalk in downtown la yeah yeah we'd have running water you know appliances
5: i'd have a little kitchenette in there you know I, yeah, yeah easily yeah. I could probably even do more. That's just off the top of my head.
6: Oh yeah, no, that, that's right. $20, Thirty, I mean, you can get a bundle for that money. But but government doesn't know how to do anything right.
5: Right. Well, yeah. You know, I think another problem too is that, you know, in order to get the you have to in order to get the government to buy from you, you have to get into this government book. In order to get into the book, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. And yeah. you know, the only people that know how to jump through these hoops are, you know, large organizations. And you know, they don't. They, they don't know how to sell anything for cheap, so. They don't know how to do anything There's also no competition, so without competition, there's no, uh, you know.
6: Well, you know, and when, you're, and when your profit is based on your cost, because it's a cost plus bid. Yeah. You drive your cost up, because then you get your plus bigger. Right, exactly. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah, prevailing wage, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I loved prevailing wage when I was an electrician. That yeah, of course. Was, that was sweet money. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy money. Yeah, and you need three guys. One guy to do the work and two guys to
5: supervise. That's right. You
6: know, hey, shovel leaners. There's got to be enough shovel leaners on the job.
5: Well, you need, yeah, well, you got to have the one guy looking east and the other guy looking west to make sure there's no traffic coming. <laughs> that's you <know>? right.
6: <laughs> you I, know, I used to hang holiday decorations, and I'd get cities that, that hung their own. And I'd ask them, what's your budget? What, what's it cost you to hang these decorations with your city crew? And they said, oh, well, we. We send out the bucket truck and, and a truck with the decorations, and then there's the sign truck. And So they've got like six vehicles out there dropping cones, and they got 10 Good. guys, and it takes them four days to do it. Yeah. And I'd run out there with three guys, a bucket truck, a trailer, and an arrow sign behind the trailer, all in one train. Yeah. And we could hang their entire kit in one night in the <laughs> middle of the night, and it, uh, magically it'd appear the next day. Yeah. And. I'd say, look, I can do that and make a good profit for myself for yeah. less money than you're paying just for the equipment you burned for five days to do the job. Right,
5: hey, so you know, it's they just they want those decorations
6: and they have all these rules and regulations they have to jump through. Well, that's it. That's they have and they have crazy rules for their union guys, and and it's that's why it's much better for municipalities to just just contract for things. But hey, they have all these rules. Maybe one day California will see the light. I'm sure it's going to happen. Uh, they're going to see the light about the time it
5: sinks from global warming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Palm Springs becomes beachfront property. There you go. There you go. Then <laughs> when when the rest of it falls off, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the earthquake will take it up north.
6: <laughs> yeah, just keep splitting it. It's been, It's you know, Baja has been splitting off for a long time. We just run it right up just there. Keep it going. Yeah. Um, all right. Back to <laughs> back to real estate. You're going to be starting the politics.
5: I know. I, I don't want. I don't want to speculate on where the next beachfront properties are going to be. You know, <laughs> yeah. start buying there now, Cherry Valley, ladies and gentlemen. No. There you go. <laughs> um, so okay, when we're talking about a mobile home, uh, you, you're de- you dealing two different worlds there. You're dealing with uh, the H. Oh, what is that? H HCD, H C H C D H C D, which huh? is
6: like the Department of Motor Vehicles,
5: right? For mobile homes, right? And then you also are dealing with DMV type stuff.
6: Sometimes. Um, Sometimes. It's, they're rarer that they're a DMV um, because see what happened back in the late 60s, early 70s. Some smart guy in, in DMV that was in charge of all the tra- travel trailers, the travel trailers, the mobile homes, the, uh, the flatbed trailers, box trailers, it was all the trailers. They were all yeah. one thing at, at DMV. Said, you know, if we split off all this mobile home stuff and, and start a different department, we can get a new department head and a vice department head and and a nice office building in Sacramento and, and, and. Uh So they started the housing and community development department and split off the mobile homes from the DMV. So And what's the the differentiator
5: between, you know, like a single wide mobile home?
6: Theoretically, it's 400 square feet, which would be a 10 by 40. Right. So if it's over 10 by 40, then you have to be HCD. But um, there's smaller ones that are HCD and, and quite frankly, there's bigger ones that have just have never gotten chance tr- transferred over. So,
5: yeah. Cause you also have ANSI and you got REVA and all these other, you know, designations you can get to go along with these things.
6: Uh, yeah. Well, I, that's, that's stuff I don't generally <laughs> have to mess with. Right. Your partner has done a really good job of teaching us about ADUs and, and city governments trying to deal with having enough. Yeah. Uh, low cost housing—it's it, you know that's the government interfering again. Right, yeah.
5: Well, you know we've decided that you know is just too expensive, and how do you drive down? Uh, how do you drive down pricing or you know whatever? It's just increasing supply, I guess. You don't
6: drive it down by by getting the government's big left foot in there and and making it so there's going to be less good housing on the market available. It's just not going to work out.
5: Yeah, and I think you know it's funny because the government. I would I would argue that the government created this problem to begin with because, you know, by having uh CEQA, you know, to, when, if you were going to go through a building a track development, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go through the CEQA process, which can take years. You're going to get sued by a number of – That's uh, an interesting noise. <laughs> that was an interesting noise. I don't <laughs> know if the people out there heard that one. But that was, All of a sudden in our headsets, we got this weird, I don't know, frog sound. It was kind of weird. Um, anyway, we uh, – uh, you have to go through the sequel process and it takes years and, you know, you're going to get sued by all these environmental groups oh, yeah. and, you know, yeah. the, these uh, these developers, they just, just want to build attractive homes and they can't get started on it right away. They have to wait forever and it, costs, it drives the cost up that they have to spend because they got to, you know, defend all these lawsuits and they have to... You know, oh, go through all once, this stuff
6: once they get to the point where they've got all their approvals and they're ready to go somebody else comes along and sues them again
5: and then they find a kangaroo rat habitat you know oh, yes. <laughs> you know or they they dig up an ancient burial ground or they find some you know pottery from an indigenous group you know here thousands of years ago and or something you yeah. know there's yeah. always something that
6: happens the government employee sitting in the lawn chair with the with the uh, long range binoculars that it's just searching for something out there on that acreage to, right. to screw up about
5: you know, and then, but it, it drives the price up so high that these developers have to build bigger homes because that's the only way they can recoup their profit. Right. It's by building bigger, selling them for more. And you know, they don't build a starter home anymore. There's no developer in California I know of that's building two bedroom, one bath houses.
6: No, they're not, and because the first stick cost in this state is so high that you can't.
5: Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. You can't. Right. You can't sell it. So, you know, how do you expect? a college-age kid, you know, coming out of college with a, you know, regular job to buy a home. I mean, they, they can't. There's your starting point in Riverside County is going to be at least in the 300000 somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I mean, yeah, it's it's somewhat affordable, you know, if you have two incomes. Two incomes and,
6: and, and you know, you, you do without furniture and, and you drive <laughs> very old cars, but people aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Yeah, now you got to have the new car. I mean,
5: you know, you got to have reliable transportation cuz your job's in LA and you live out here.
6: Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if people that that came out of of uh, college with this big college debt would just live like college students for until they had paid off the debt, we would not have the debt crisis we have. Yeah but you're a doctor so you have to have a brand new Lexus right? You have to. You can't
5: or a Mercedes or BMW, you know, or yeah. an Audi, I guess.
6: The old the old 10-year-old Toyota that got you to and from from the dorm to classes no good anymore. Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> you got to go get some debt. Right.
5: Hey, you know, there's I, I met an industrious uh, college grad. He had a Prius and he was a, an Uber driver, you know, on the side. So, and that's how he was paying off his student debt was he said everything he got in from his Uber driving went straight to his student loan debt. I,
6: I had a gentleman who, who bought one of my mobile home notes. Yeah. And the reason he bought the mobile home note is because he could buy, a, a I guess it was a Prius yeah. for for Uber service, and he could get a zero interest loan on the car. So he bought a note from me that paid 9% so that he could make the payments. So the payments huh. came in on the 9% note, and he turned around and made the payments on the, the uh, Prius. And he made it, that 9% was just cream. So he was yeah. able to buy that Prius at a big discount using a, it's amazing what you can use paper for.
5: Yeah. And so I guess getting into that side of things, um, well, I was, I was kind of going down the road of the different, you know, the different sides, the HCD and the, yeah. and the DMV side. So uh, when you're buying a mobile home, you know, in some cases you're buying them where it's just chattel, right? Yeah. And in some cases you're buying them where it's part of property. It's part of real estate.
6: Yeah, I'm, right now I'm, my main focus is mobile homes that are on fee land. So, okay. so that's mobile homes where I can acquire title to the land under the home. Yep, uh, it's on a, a municipal street. It's got municipal services, so I get all of the profits of having a mobile home park, mm-hmm. but I don't have any of the overhead.
5: Right. So, what you're doing is, and and yeah, I guess if. Do you mind going into detail about this one at all? About no, I don't strategy? mind a bit.
6: You know what? It's funny. I've had people, because I teach, I've got a class coming up next month. We'll talk about that in a while. Yeah. Um, I teach people how to do what I do. And yeah. I've had friends come to me and say, Andy, you're nuts. <laughs> you're creating your competition. But the, the the development I'm working in right now is 1,800 individually titled lots. I have at least four students working in that community. Yeah. I have friends that are long-term real estate investors who have homes in that community. Mm-hmm. And there's no shortage. I've been trying to take three months off since May <laughs> and I have not had a week where I was not in escrow to buy something since May and in that community, in that community. <laughs> and, and three weeks ago I was in escrow on five at the same time. Wow. And those are all people who have pursued me to, to come solve a problem. For
5: them. Yeah. And so, you know, when you buy these things, the, the method by which you take a mobile home and put it onto
6: fee land is a 433A, right? Well, no, that's if you want to stick it. What do you mean if you want to stick it? Well, I don't. I don't want them stuck there. I want the mobile. I want to keep the land. Yes, because yeah. I'm making a single space mobile home park. So, if you do a 433, designation, I was talking about the person that put it there to begin with. Well, if he does that, he's probably not going to be my seller. Okay. Because I have to unwind that. Yeah, because you
5: can because you can strip a four thirty three, can't
1: you? You can,
6: yeah. But it's it's just one more step in the process. So I typically avoid those. Okay. Um, because this development is is probably only about five percent that has four thirty threes on it. Oh, okay. Um, most of them are separately titled. The the mobile home belongs to H. You know, it's registered with HCD and mm-hmm. they they pay the registration and then they own the land under it. So they're paying property taxes on the land, right? And but and they don't pay. There's no improvements, right? I mean. Not even for utilities? Well, all the improvements are there. They've got all, you know, everything's there. And I'm buying a house that's been occupied. Somebody's living in it. So it's got city water, city sewer. It's got uh, Imperial Irrigation District, which is the cheaper electric out there, and and SoCal Gas. And the roads are maintained by the county. And it's got 27-hole golf course. It's a very nice resort to live in. Okay. And so... They don't have to do a 433. The only advantage of a 433 designation is if you want to have the ability to go get an FHA loan or a VA loan, right? A, you know, a big government institution-type loan on your mobile and the land under it, which has lower interest rates. Oh, absolutely.
5: Yeah, because if you if you're going to buy a mobile home today, I think probably your best bet's going to be around what five, six
6: percent interest. I have no idea what they come right. from banks because banks and I don't chat. <laughs> exactly. So I know I know that my lots lease out at about six percent. Yep. And if I'm carrying paper on a mobile, it's generally at nine. So when you buy these
5: properties, you're obviously buying the land and you're buying the mobile at the same time. At the same time. So when you're doing that, uh, the owner's probably moving. I'm sure, right? Or dead dead yeah they moved on they, yeah they moved in some way right yeah
6: or, or or they've reached that age where their kids say you, you can't drive from Canada to, to Palm Springs anymore <laughs> every winter you've got to stay here yeah and freeze your buns off all winter long
5: right yeah you're better off in Edmonton yeah
6: so so <laughs> they stay they don't need it. It's it's a surplus house, and that's you know. And they need to to sell it. They don't want to put the time and effort into making it pretty again, so it sells. Such a great word, surplus house. Isn't that, isn't that Peter I love Fortunato? surplus houses. Yes,
5: that's a Fortunatoism.
6: It is. It was. <laughs> I had lunch with him today. That's where I was before I came. Oh, here. That's right.
5: He's got his thing going in Santa Ana this weekend. It's this weekend, yeah. Is he coming out to Vegas next week?
6: I don't think so. No, he doesn't do the trade thing? Well, this is personal property exchanging, and, and he doesn't, doesn't do a lot of junk trading. He does, he does a lot of real estate trading. Okay. And I know he's going to be taking the red eye on Sunday and, and be back in St. Pete for the meeting Monday night. That's oh, that's right. really he's got important his to him. Yeah. So. Uh, so uh, okay, so going back to the houses,
5: uh, when you do these, okay, so in this, com- in this particular community, mm-hmm. are you able to put multiple... Mobiles on these on these parcels.
6: Well, no, not according to not until the ADU law went through, and now that's that's sort of thrown everything to the wind. So who yeah. knows what what they're gonna what the state is gonna do? We don't know.
5: Because the the community themselves can't
6: necessarily say no. Well, according yeah, according to everything I've read about the new ADU laws, it overrides HOAs, it overrides cities, counties. Yep. Everything gets the heck with your being in charge of your small community, we don't care. We're going to let them, you know, convert the garage into an apartment and put a, a, another building in the back and turn every house into a triplex. Right. And of (laughs) course, they're trying to do this thing and, and and force communities to take multi-story apartments in a single family neighborhood. If you're within so far of a transit station of some kind, your, your private, uh, single family neighborhood may be threatened.
5: Yeah. Might become a,
6: uh, multi-family uh, apartment community, and it's interesting because you and I were raised in Riverside, and we remember the city being so upset because all the Victorians that had been chopped up into apartments, they they wrote an ordinance that said, no, no, these have to all go back to single-family residence. <laughs> yeah. So of course, once again, government interfering. Uh, what happened is that ninety percent of those houses got boarded up. Yep. And I actually I ended up doing one of those. A board up. Yeah. A board up Victorian. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, over a third of them just burnt or disappeared. Right. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Yeah. And and it's, it's very just,
5: suspicious. They just yeah. pulled a new insurance policy. It's odd how often they cut. You get a new insurance policy and then yeah. the house suddenly. Turn the power back on. What Is heck? that what happened?
6: <laughs> <laughs> the rats. They threw the knob and tube. Yeah. Oh yeah. What are the odds? Good fun times. Those are. They were, but but that was good affordable housing because you had six little apartments in yeah. this giant. I mean, what size are those Victorian houses? You're talking about a three, four, five thousand square yeah. foot, two, three story building. Sure, yeah, in all, yeah, and then plus there's usually a few globons on there as well. Sure. And, and how many families in, in our current where we don't have ten kids, who needs a five thousand square foot house?
5: I think anybody I've met who's actually bought a big house ended up regretting it later on because they don't I mean, you know, you want the you want the prestige and, and you know the, the glamour of having a big home but then you don't realize that you haven't been in two of those bedrooms since you bought the house. Absolutely.
6: <laughs> I, I know what I use in my house. I use the bedroom. Yep. I use the kitchen. Yep. And I use the office. And the bathroom. Oh, and the bathroom. <laughs> I hope, anyway. So rarely, yeah, I'm you know. assuming
5: something here, but I'm hoping I'm I hear I'm right. full of it, so, you
6: know. Yeah, exactly. Hot, what is that, hot air? <laughs> <laughs> so it just doesn't, uh, you know, Americans have big houses still. And, yeah. and But, you know, this next generation seems to be not so interested in in that and and China, that my wife was just China was so important to her, and, and getting her grandmother's china was really it was part of the fight with the family about the estate was who got the china and we never have that many people over and when they come <laughs> over we do something simple because we want to enjoy each other not yeah you know polishing silver for two uh, days yeah that's fun and and that that stuff which was huge high value and and now because society has changed it's really dropped in value i just you
5: know me personally i've never cared about that kind of stuff because you know plates break you know I, I yeah. don't, and i'd hate to have spent a ton of money on some you know cutlery and some uh you know some flatware that ends up breaking on me
6: uh, see I, my parents were i was raised fairly poorly so so well for you know uh, school teachers weren't paid a hell of a lot in the 60s yeah <laughs> um so we had the good stainless, which got drug out about three times a year, but no silver. Yeah. And, you know, in the wedding china. You had wedding china. Did you actually get wedding china? Oh, my, fam- your my parents wife and I? Had it. My parents had it, yeah. Yeah, but you didn't get any of your own. Oh, we, well, I was. my wife and I were both old when we got married, so we got everyday dishes that all matched, which was kind of a, a neat change because <laughs> she had enough dishes for her, and and I had enough, and my dishes actually came from the L.A. County Fair. Really? Yeah, you know the thing where you pitch the dime—that's how I got my dishes. And <laughs> that was a I did prize it when I was at Cal Poly, and and that's—I'd been using the same dishes dishes ever since. And now they're just giving away goldfish. Oh, yeah, you gotta always have goldfish for something for the geek to eat. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had an interesting life. What can I yeah, say? Yeah, well,
5: you had the carnival for a little bit there. I did. There and was the actually carnival? there was a carnival I drove by today in Riverside. I was like, you know, how funny would it be if this was Andy's old carnival that the guy bought
6: from him? Uh, it's there's a piece of it or two of it around. It uh, um, it's older stuff, and I run into it more on movie sets than I do. On oh, really? on, on carnivals? Yeah.
5: Huh. Interesting. So. so, okay, I guess getting back to the real estate again. Uh, you can't put multiple properties on uh, multiples on this. Well, you might be able to. We just might now, but I don't
6: know that I really want to take tackle that because still moving a mobile home is kind of a pain. It is, and you know, squeezing an extra unit in in a mobile home community—they're not necessarily giant lots. Okay, got it. So it just—it's not conducive to cramming more units in, and I, you know, I don't feel the need to do it. Yeah, I've been trying to take time off and failing at that. So <laughs> adding more work is just counterproductive.
5: Yeah. Now, when you go to and then when you go to sell these, most of the time you're probably buying them, spending a little money on fixing them up. There's, you know, they're never perfect, right? No. So you always got to spend some money cleaning them up, making them nice again, and then uh, you're selling off the mobile, but you're keeping the land.
6: Yeah, yeah, we give people a 50-year lease. Okay, so they know what that.
5: Oh, you're not even selling the mobile. You're, oh, oh, no, you're we sell the, the mobile and we give a 50-year
6: lease on the land. Got it. So unlike you know your typical mobile home community where you're up against some unknown raise in, in rent every year, right. ours goes up 2%. So you're talking about maybe $10 a year for the next 50 years. Okay. Um, then who pays property taxes? Well, I own the property, so I pay the property taxes. But you're obviously renting for enough where it justifies oh, the yeah. payment. Well, it's, it's, it's property tax on an unimproved lot because yeah. I don't
5: own any improvements. Well, that's what I was getting at. Before, us, since there's no improvements on the property right it so the, those you
6: know you, but you are paying still for the streets and the you know yeah. lights and all that good stuff yeah you, know, you got to pay your regular but but it's funny i was talking to somebody about doing this in it rather than doing it in this big subdivision where i am doing it where somebody's got two and a half acres out in, in you know paris right and you can buy these mobiles on lots that's where my i was living on one two and a half acre parcel with a, a old single white on it mm-hmm. before i got married um if you're going to sell it and there's a septic tank, I mean, the guy's got to be able to flush his toilet. So you include the septic tank in the purchase. Yeah. And if it's got a well, that's, that's included as well. So, you know, he buys the house with all the re- required supplies to make it go. Yeah. Uh, and you, you're not responsible for any of that as the landlord of the lot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I call myself the Irish Indian, the Irish Indian. <laughs> you have to explain that one. I don't get it. Well, out and you know, <laughs> Any place where the the transcontinental railroad went through an Indian reservation, okay, the government stole every other mile and gave it to the railroad because that you know the transcontinental railroad was not a transportation project; it was a land grab. Okay, yeah. So for six miles either side of the right of way, every other square checkerboard style, they were given the railroad. So every mile of track you bought, you got six six square miles of land. Wow, was what it was all about. Well, so. All the, the checkerboards that still belong to the Indians, you can't buy that land. All you can do is lease, lease it long-term. Yeah. So the BIA does long-term leases to people that want to build houses every other square mile in, in Palm Springs. Yeah, and they have to do that because uh, no lender is going to lend on
5: that house. Oh, lenders t- lend on those houses just fine because well, as cause, long but as but it's the lease got over, has to be... Yeah, the lease has to have over 30 years left on it. Right, because they could up and decide they don't want to lease it any longer and... If there's a lender that had a loan on it, they gotta they're yeah. gonna lose. Move the house. That's kind of hard to move do. the house. Yeah, I've seen that done. We actually we bought a house that was moved. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, was it, it done when you got it? Uh, yeah. So we. I mean, it was moved in the 1800s. So this this oh, particular wow. home, it was bought. It was built in Wildemar, and then it was moved by oxen cart. Is what this is. So it's descript, It's written like this on the deed. It was really interesting. Cool. It said it was moved by oxen cart to Florida, California, which okay. is now Hemet.
6: Great.
5: You know, and right. so, and that was in San Diego County. Yeah. I, I when I was going through this, this title report, Fun title report. Yeah. I was going, I, I had to call title. I'm like, hey, we're in Hemet here. I mean, this is not San Diego. This is Riverside County. And I, I got schooled by them. They had to dig into it too. They didn't know. They, oh,
6: there's a ton of real estate. There's a ton of Riverside legals that, that reference San Diego County because yeah. this was all part of San Diego County. At one
5: time, yeah. At one time. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I got a schooling there. I'd, I'd never seen it. I'd never. We don't usually do stuff that's that old. I mean, in most cases, yeah, we're buying stuff 1950 and newer. So right. it's been Riverside County since you know
6: before then. Oh yeah, but yeah. you know, I've I've done a lot of land, and there's a lot of land deeds that reference San Diego book.
5: Yeah, interesting. And they
6: still do even in, out in the Coachella Valley. Uh, more in like Lake Elsinore. Okay, I've owned a lot of a lot of that land. A lot of just random pieces of land out yeah, there. Yeah, that is that was, remainder land or is that? I used to call it currency land. It's it's, it's highest and best use is holding the world together.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise you just have a big black hole in the middle of, you know, a couple of nice pieces of land. Yeah. (laughs) So we we only got a few minutes left. So, you know, you were talking about your
6: class. I have a class. I'm going to be teaching uh, in March, the 21st and 22nd. It's in San Diego. And uh, looking forward to be there. It's a small class. I stop at 20 because I like an intimate class with folks. Saturday, you learn how to run the time machine. All right. It's the HP 10B calculator. And then Sunday, you learn everything you need, soup to nuts, to buy and sell mobile homes, to create discounted notes. And my best brag, and Than Merrill can never make this brag, (laughs) over half of my students go out, take action, and do a deal within 60 days of completing my course. Because it's just that easy. It's it's called giving people enough tools and and being in the right market. So
5: Yeah, so that's coming up. What date again?
6: March twenty first and twenty second. And if you email Andy the Christmas Guy at yahoo.com, that's Andy the Christmas Guy, all spelled out. Um, I'll give you the details to sign up, or you can go to millionairemakersnextgeneration.com, com or NextGen G E N dot com.
5: Yeah. And then is that when are you when are you doing that that event in Vegas? Are you doing that again this year? The uh, no. Millionairemakers no, event.
6: We're not doing. I, I'm going to put together another one, but not for a while. Okay, it's we'll do another big weekend with with seven speakers, and it's a lot of work. Yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs>
5: we've we've talked many times, me and Steven, about putting on some kind of big event, you know, with yeah. like some real educational opportunities and all that good stuff. But it is difficult, you know. It's
6: not as it's really not as much fun. Uh, there's a really good one in Vegas every year that, that uh, Gary Johnston puts on, and I mm-hmm. enjoy going to, but. I call it a teaser because the the instructors have like ninety minutes to to three hours over the weekend, right? And, and you really can't get enough. Yeah, but it's a great group. There'll be two or three hundred interesting investors there who are well. Yeah, you love to get together and talk. I mean, it's like the cruise I'm going on at the end of the month. That's fun stuff. It's an investor cruise. Investor cruise. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like fun. There you go. He's the fingers.
5: Yeah, that's the uh, that's the international sign for hurry up. No. (laughs) No, uh, So,
6: yeah. If you guys, anybody wants to join me in March, I'd love to have you and uh, give me an email. We'll get you going.
5: Yeah. And then uh, you know, of course, we talking about the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club. We're a you know little group in the in Riverside. We get together every month and uh, have a big meeting. Yeah, great group. Thank you. Yeah. And he's obviously he's one of our one of the mentors of the group. Uh, So. You know, for anybody out there that's looking to get into real estate investing in some way, or if you are a real estate investor and you're not currently involved in any kind of investor community, you should come out to the Ellen Empire Real Estate Investment Club. Uh, you can find us on meetup.com to uh, find out when all of our next events are going to be. We've got a coffee event coming up in a couple of Saturdays from now. Uh, yeah. we got and then we got the big monthly meeting on the 26th, I think it is, of, of uh, February at the Mission Inn. Yeah. Uh, it's always a good time, you know, and uh, you get to meet people like Andy who teach you all about what they do in the real estate world. And uh, people like myself who, you know, I don't know. I just kind of stand up there and look cute, I think. But, you know, people, some people tell me I'm good at what I do. There's, I don't know.
6: There's a lot of wisdom in that room and <laughs> and, and a lot of young, enthusiastic people who, who really want to, to make it in this world. And and it's there. It's an opportunity. Capitalism is good.
5: Yeah, I agree. You know, and uh, <laughs> I guess we're fighting socialism on this one, you know. Yeah. Uh, should just I get a, you started on that with the last don't couple we started on yeah.
6: that?: just, just remember, you can vote your way into capital, into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out.
5: <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah, see, this is why you come. You get to meet Andy and he gets to tell you all these little gems you can spread around to your friends and family.
6: I heard an interesting one today I'll share. Uh, uh, it's a great analogy that uh, the, the concept of feeding sparrows through horses, is pretty accurate description of all government programs
5: okay feeding sparrows through horses
6: now the horse likes that a lot the sparrow maybe not so much
5: yeah that makes sense
6: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no social programs are great yeah (laughs) but they have to go through the horse first and there's not a lot of tasty left over at the back end
5: right exactly hey that's where you get the seeds right you know All the leftovers. Anyway, everyone, thank you all for tuning in this week to the Flip Flop Investor Show. And uh, thank you all. Yeah, we'll see you again next week, Thursday. for 4- KCAA Loma
0: Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.
2: 18
1: plus.